back today. We're talking about who we are as followers of Christ, who Jesus said we were. He said we were salt and we were light. And this tells us our purpose. This tells us why we are here on planet Earth. The portrait given here saying we're light and saying we're salt. But why are we light? Why are we salt? What's the purpose? Well, first, the purpose is that we glorify God. That's what he says in these verses. That's the summation. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. But glorify not you, but your Father who is in heaven. In everything that we do, we are to bring glory to God. That means that we are to allow Jesus to shine through us. Isaiah, the prophet, said we were created for that purpose, to glorify God. The psalmist said that's the basic reason for our existence, to glorify God. And that's something we should do in our recreation hours. That's something we should do in our study times. That's something we should do in our work times. That's We should glorify God. I, but I hear sometimes people say, well, you know, that person's a Christian, but they're lazy at work. They don't do their job very well. Well, you see, they're not letting their light shine. They're not being salt. And all the time we have to we have to be the person they said that works the hardest. We have to be the person who does the most. We have to be the person who goes the second mile. The word for good here is the idea of beauty or attractiveness, that we're not just good in quality, which is normally used, but this is a word that means our life is to be such that it's attractive to other people. Is your life attractive to other people? Do they, do they see your smile? Do they see your joy? Do they sense your purpose? That's what God wants from us. The second purpose as Christians is that we might make a difference in the world. Now, salt and light are intended to make a difference. Salt is to stop corruption. It's to give zest and create thirst. Light is to banish darkness, give direction. And without that, they're useless. But when they're used mightily, they make a tremendous difference. You and I are to make that difference. Festo Kevin Gary, in his book, Revolutionary Loves, Love, tells about how he came to know Christ. He, he said that he lived in Uganda, and he was a school teacher, and he came back to his home area of Uganda to teach because he wanted to, to try to help the people in his area. And as he did so, he was very skeptical about the things of God, even though he usually went to church. He didn't mind going to church, but he didn't want to be real serious about Christ. But the East African spiritual awakening that happened some years ago was, was taking place at that time. And people were really sensing the presence of God. Now, Festo had a 12-year-old sister and a 14-year-old niece. And they were staying with him and attending the girls' school. They became very concerned about his salvation, and they were praying for him. And one Sunday... He said, I went to church, and the service was really full of God's presence. After the first song, Festo said, the young people were sharing what Christ meant to them, and people were trusting Christ right there, even before the preacher preached. He said it was amazing. And he said, as usual, I sat on the back row and, and so I could slip out if I wanted to. And he said, then my, my niece asked for permission to speak. She said, I want to praise God that... <clears throat> That, the devil, that God has enabled us to not be afraid to tell other people about what he's done for us. And on Friday night, the Lord assured us as we were praying that Festo was going to come to know Jesus and that he would 
be coming to the Lord. Well, Festo got mad when he heard her call his name and speak about him in front of all those people. And so he left and went over to his uncle's house before the service was over and started drinking. But late that afternoon, when he was on his way home, he saw a good friend of his. And that good friend of his shared with him something wonderful had happened, he said. Festo, three hours ago, Jesus became a living reality to me. I know my sins are forgiven. And as Festo heard that, he knew what was needed. In a few minutes, he too was on his knees asking Jesus to come into his life. He went back to the church where the people were gathered for the night service and there shared with them what Christ had done for him and come into his life. And there were two people who made a real difference in Festo's life, his 12-year-old sister, his 14-year-old niece. We think, well, when I get older, I'll make a difference. Or when I get more educated, I'll make a difference. Or when I get a better job, I'll make a difference. Or when I do this or when I do that. But salt and light makes a difference where it is right now. It doesn't wait. Notice also <clears throat> the plan for every follower of Christ. How we are to be what we are. Light and salt. We are, how are we to do that? Well, we are only to do it. And we can only do it when we are completely, totally right with Jesus. You see, it's futile to pray for something if our heart's not right. It's futile to, to try to be what Christ wants us to be if we're not letting him be in control of our lives. The Romans used to say salt was the purest of all things because it came from the purest of all things, the sun and the sea. Christians are to be example of that kind of purity, and it will make a difference in our world because, you see, purity that's, that's excited about life and purity that's full of joy and it's not stagnant and dead-like can really make a difference. That's why some people who know Christ and who are living a pretty God, fairly godly life don't impress anybody because there's no joy, there's no peace, there's not anything that's attractive about the way they're living their lives. And, and, we, and we, ought, we have to be totally right with the Lord. In that same book, Festo, Kevin Gary tells about uh, as the people became Christians, but many of them began to get things right in that East Africa revival that came some years ago, spiritual awakening. He said one man became a Christian and went into a shop owned by a Muslim and gave him uh, 200 shillings, and he said, these are yours. I cheated you out of this money, and you didn't know it, but I, I wanted you to know that I'm right with Jesus, and he changed my life, and I wanted to pay my debt to you. Quite an impression it made upon the people. During that same time, there were so many people outside the offices of the tax collectors who came to pay taxes that they had failed to pay and they had cheated on that the government couldn't keep up with all the people. God was working in an amazing way. And the thing that comes out is they were just being salt and they were just being light and they hadn't been before and it touched many people. A little girl asked her mother, Mommy, what does God do all day long? While her mother was kind of stumped by the question, then she said, Well, darling, I tell you what God does all day long. He spends his whole day mending broken things, making broken things better. And that is what he does. He mends broken things. And you and I are broken. He, if he has mended us and is mending us, we need to tell him, to others. We need to share his love with others. We need to let other people know about what he is doing and why he is doing it. We'll talk more about that next week. 
I hope you'll be with me. God bless you. Have a great week.